It's $105,000, and this happens to be one of the fastest production cars on the planet. Zero to 16 in four seconds, sweetie. This is a limited edition. You damn right it's limited. No cup holder, no back seat. Just a shiny dick with two chairs in it. I guess we the balls just dragging the f along. Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is our midweek episode. We are prepping to do this, but we've also been getting ready to go to Road America. That's right. Which is great. So Jake and I are heading out there. We are going to see what we can find for some interesting cars and interesting uh, interesting owners, maybe get some stories. Yeah, so this is for the Vintage Race Weekend, yes. which is going to be very cool. I haven't been to before, it so is I'm a, really looking it forward to it. It is killer. Road America is a absolutely beautiful track um i haven't not been to a lot of tracks mm -hmm. but just in contrast to the last vintage race i was at which was the monterey historics which is insane for cars but right. the track is nice but it's really ugly laguna right. seca is a desert and it's hot and sandy right and dusty and i do like the more similar to a desert yes i do like the mornings there though not similar to a desert is that they have this like fog that comes in basically from the ocean and the whole track is covered in this fog. Oh cool. Where you can't quite barely see the top of the timing tower. It like comes really? it, yeah, it comes in and settles in and then the sun bakes it off throughout the day and then throughout the day the, the fog lifts and goes away. I'm surprised and, uh, I haven't seen any photos of that. Yeah, I don't know. I took some. I can show oh, you. Right, yeah. So so we're going to go out there. We're going to uh see what we can find there. I'm camping. Jake, we don't know what he's doing yet. Um we'll see how <laughs> that goes. Um, and one cool thing about that race is, mm -hmm. um, should we save? Let's just save it. We'll talk about it. In well, the, now I want to know what's the one cool thing, <laughs> the only cool thing about it. The, the, I should say the coolest thing, but we'll tell you next episode okay. uh, when we talk about road America a little bit more. So even I'm waiting on pins and needles. Yes. Well, you're, you're waiting on pins and needles anyway, cause you've never been there. Right. So if I've you been see to us road there, America, but not to the vintage weekends. So. Right. So if you've. If you see us there, Jake's going to have his 911 there, yep. and I'm going to have mine there. And if you can, if you miss the blue and orange 911s, you're blind. <laughs> right. So, but if you do see them, come and say hi. Yeah, please We'd do. Love please come and say hi. We'd love to see you. So in addition to Road America, you know, we do go to fun events. We were just at Cars and Coffee two weeks ago for the yep. July Cars and Coffee, the biggest monthly car show event in the country, world, probably, definitely Hem Hemisphere. Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what is an essential part of a morning car show, especially one named Cars and Coffee? I don't know because I don't drink coffee. You don't coffee. drink coffee because <laughs> you're weird, but I like coffee. However, driving the 911, it occurred to me that it doesn't have any cup holders, which you, made bringing coffee difficult. And that's that's fine. It's a purpose-built sports car, right? You got to go to the truck stop and just get the little one that sits on the door. It fits perfect. You just we'll put it on there. the door. We'll and you know what the best thing about that? What? Is it fits your phone perfectly, too. If you don't have a drink <laughs> in there, you can slide your phone into it. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna get to that, Chris, because I so f because I don't have a cup holder and I didn't buy the cheesy gas truck stop one. Yeah, I bought a really cool CNC machined aluminum piece that screws into the seat rail. Right I've seen there. those. How is that? I've thought about buying them, but I, I had to modify my seat rail a little bit. Okay, because I think the earlier seat rails that at least I have they're like thicker. Okay, so I had to take my Dremel and Dremel it down a little bit, but it's really cool. It it's works. Like, it's unintrusive. It's simple. It's super light. So super light. That's that was your concern is that your cup holder might be too heavy. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Okay. No, it, it, but it looks cool. Yeah. Right. For sure. I've, I've seen those. That's really what the big thing is. So. I was thinking about getting the one that goes into the cigarette lighter. I thought that and too. Then it, like, and tightens I, up. I, for whatever reason, I read a lot about different cup holder options for the 911. That one's shit. 
Is it? Yeah, it falls out. Well, now I, I can't use it anyway because I've I've updated my cigarette lighter. Uh-huh. So I took the from a Mark IV in the trunk of a Mark IV Volkswagen. They have like the little plug-in. Okay. So on an old car, the cigarette lighter is a different diameter, right? It's it's shallower and okay. it's and and the diameter of it is different. So if you put in a new cigarette lighter adapters in there, they don't fit right. They're too loose. Oh. They're, they they they're they're wrong. They, it's it's tough to get things to stay charging, stay on. You'll be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna charge my phone. You plug it in, and you're driving along. And like two hours later, you look down, your phone's dead because the thing came unplugged. Right. And they don't work. But so, if you need light light a cigarette. Then it works well. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah, because that's all the time now. <laughs> so what I did is I took the one from the, the Volkswagen out, okay. and I took the Porsche one out, and I retrofitted the Volkswagen one in. So I've got a modern cigarette lighter adapter in my car. With a little flippy uppy cover? No, I actually took the fl- flippy cover thing off, uh-huh. and I put like a little, you know, tw- th- it says 12 volts on it and a little plug. Oh, on there, so it, okay, yeah. So I stole that from my wife's car <laughs> and put it in there. So that's cool. So, but I don't think that thing would hold. I mean, I've got it in there nice and snug, but it is not holding a just, cup of coffee. Yeah, no, it's just the bracket. I wouldn't trust it, so that's why I got the fully aluminum yeah. CNC machine thing. But this got me to thinking. You know, is there any info out there about the history of cup holders? You know, as I like to do, I like to research these history stories and, sure. and relay them to our our listeners and yourself. And it turns out. I wasn't expecting to find much. There's a lot of history about cup holders. Okay, I'm, I'm riveted. Yes. So to understand the advent of cup holder technology, we need to go back to the advent of the car itself. Okay, well, so here's the thing is, what, did you, what were people carrying around for cups back then? Well, hold on. We're, yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking more of like steins with like the little pewter <laughs> lids. Where are you putting those? Those are heavy. Those would be heavy. So let's, let's focus on... You have to go to the blacksmith to have your cup holder made. <laughs> Please, I've got this 30-ounce stein. My aluminum one could probably hold it. Yeah, maybe. So, anyways, picture driving in some of the earliest cars, because this is basically what you're getting at. It was a lot more bone-jarring, harrowing experience, right? Because not only were the suspension systems, we'll call them less than refined back in the day. If we can call them suspension at all. Right. But the roads themselves were also a far cry from the smooth freeways we're used to. I mean, you're basically going over, like, rutted trails with these things right so the idea of drinking from a cup while driving wasn't a huge priority for these early drivers as you can imagine just everybody in that era is dehydrated at all times <laughs> well no instead your liquids were kept tight in like your thermos bottle or your flask or something and you what put era that are, we ta- are we talking about model T? 20s okay before model t so okay. you'd secure that in like your picnic basket until you arrived at your destination sure which, as i was reading this they were talking about picnicking a lot back in the 20s and i feel like we should go picnicking <laughs> we should do I, think of all the stuff that people used to do that we don't do anymore I picnicking. Know. I've, no, I've been on like one picnic back when i was trying to get laid <laughs> like you go to on a picnic you're like well this might work i know picnicking sounded really fun so yeah if you were in a model t back in the 20s you were actually i didn't realize this you were inundated with as many like doodads and little accessories as you could afford from the sears catalog sure so the ford section in the sears catalog back in the day was actually larger than both men's clothing and the household fur- furnishing section wow so there was just pages and pages full of like silly things to upgrade your Model T. You could add a flower vase to your dashboard. Okay. You could that just, sounds familiar. You could, I know, from the Beetle. You could transform the car from a convertible to a hard top, so they sold hard tops. They could uh, fiddle infinitely with the inner workings of your so what's, engine, what's as the mod- was put. What's the modern, modern, modern equivalent of this? J.C. Whitney? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, but the, this is like, you said, it's specific to a Model T. Yeah. Is there any car that's like this, where it's like you just throw anything you want at it, and it's just... 
I don't know. Do you have something in mind? I was thinking things with small block Chevys, obviously. Oh, yeah, Because you know, that's just like... Right, so that's where like the engine performance stuff comes in. But yeah. because the Model T was so ubiquitous, and that's the car everyone had, yeah. it's it'd be funny to pick up like... Well, you know what this is? This is the J.C. Whitney Jeep catalog. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah. So okay. it's everything specific to the one model. Right. And it, it like fills up a whole book. Um, so, yeah, you could modify your engine, or you could... I'm just sh- wondering what I would do. With, with the your Model, Model T. T, what would I do? I'd probably like lower it, lower it, yeah, lower it. I just want to, I just want to not even be able to, to go feed my cows. That's what I want to be able to, right. to not do. You could also quote strap an entire kitchenette to the running boards, complete with fold-out table and labeled compartments for flour, meal, eggs, ice, and water. Wow, yeah, that works out good when you're out panning for gold, I suppose. <laughs> so, and in the same era, on the luxury end of the spectrum, cars like the Rolls Royce came equipped with elaborate monogrammed picnic baskets complete with silver utensils and even in uh f scott fitzgerald's great gatsby book if you remember he had a description of a rolls royce it was a rich cream color bright with nickel swollen here and there with its monstrous length with triumphant hat boxes and supper boxes and toolboxes. i like that so you can fix things while you're eating supper with a beautiful hat on. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so what but, else did they have to spend money on though think about if you actually had money you, what do you spend like, money on your house yeah i don't you, know it's like your house your yard you probably had a boat maybe boating wasn't even that popular in the gatsby 20s. had a boat yeah, but that Just was think like Gatsby. You throw. I'm thinking about people with a Model T with a Sears catalog. Okay. So this is like, who knows who has a Model T back then? Just like upper middle class, right? Yeah. But what they they're not. There's no Xbox. You're not paying ten dollars <laughs> a month for thirteen dollars a month for Netflix. There's no plasma TVs. There's like right. a zillion things for us to spend money on. So just the fact that you could buy this car and have a catalog with all these things in it to to buy for, this like that's unheard of for anything back then. Right. You can see why it would be so exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Mail order catalogs are like Amazon of today. Right. Can you imagine, like, just filling out the thing in the back? Oh, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get this. I always wonder what it would be like to pop open, like, a road and track that had, like, an order this thing in it. Sure. And then, tr- like, just do a ton of them. Oh, just try. Just so try. So from, like, 20 years ago, just try to order something? Just send them in. <laughs> just see if anything comes back. That would be funny. So, anyways, back to this Rolls Royce with his hat boxes and toolboxes and everything else. These were lavish items, but definitely meant for a roadside picnic not while eating while motoring right so intended for use when the car was parked and it seemed that we as americans were pretty much content with this idea for the next 30 years or so it wasn't until the 1950s that eating and drinking in albeit parked cars came popular with the rise of drive-in restaurants and theaters right so if you've ever been to sonics or you've ever seen in any 50s movie american graffiti comes to mind the tray that hooked up to your window and the waitresses on roller skates, you know, the car a, hops, they call them. A better time. Oh, no kidding, right? You, you, they scroll up in their, like, mini skirts and roller skates. They'd hand you your milkshake and your burger with the little tray, and the tray would hook onto your window. You'd yep. have your window halfway up there, and you would, like, basically have to pass the drinks around all your people, and, yep. and you'd, your passenger would nestle in between their legs and then forget about it, and they'd spill everywhere. Right. On so, your wonderful vinyl bench seat. True. Probably pretty easy to clean up it back would then. Be. It's not right. like now where everything you spill something and it's just everything's ruined. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah. I, I do miss like I had a pickup truck back in the day with the vinyl floors and you could just hose it out. Right. Yeah, that would be awesome. There's something to be said for utility. So Back in this day, of course, the more adventurous travelers took advantage of increasingly better roads, not these p- 
pothole rutted Model T roads that we were talking about in the 20s. And of course, automatic transmissions made it easier to drive and maybe have a snack if you felt like it. In fact, <laughs> here we go. Yep, in the November <laughs> the 1950, the beginning of the end. Exactly. In November of 1950, an issue of Popular Mechanics shows a photo of a small snack tray that hangs from two cords attached to the dash with suction cups. It mentions that snacks can be enjoyed while moving, and the tray has room for two small bottles of soda. The tray was designed to be stored in the glove compartment when not in use. There you go. So you pop it out of the glove compartment, and it would stick out of the windshield and hang over the... Right, and that's your, your two little cup holders, right? That so, works. And three years later, in 1953, the first patent came out for a car cup holder. It was, in, it was granted to an inventor in uh, Texas, and this and many other early aftermarket designs, they were basically what you were talking about for your 911. It's the holster-like device that you hook on the inside door window there, yep. and it just has like the single can... What would you call it? The single cup holder. Yep, one cup. So this is less than ideal, which you may have come across, because doors are opened and shut and slammed, (laughs) and they can spill or everything can come off. You know what the biggest bummer about those is now? What? Is that all the drinks are way too big. I'll get to that, too. Okay. Yeah, like your big gulp 96 ounce isn't going to fit in there. The bottom of it, they make it so the bottom fits, but then it's just like this huge, monstrous, like top-heavy thing that sits there. It's ridiculous. So uh, the aftermarket next filled the need of these, I came up with this, cup-carrying consumers with trays. Cup-carrying consumers. Yeah. Do you like that? I came up with that. Yeah, the CCC. Yeah. So... They came up with trays that could be wedged in between your seats, basically. Okay. Right? So that's where you're going to put your cup next. And throughout this whole kind of time, 50s, 60s, no, we're not to the 60s yet, but the uh, European car designers did not consider cup holders essential for driving pleasure or safety, and the basic car design left no room for the, quote, gosh, American accessory. Yeah, right? It's it's funny, though, that they eventually did, I don't want to jump the gun here, Mm -hmm. but they they did jump on in a big way later on, and it's almost became a competition yes and you might have to fill in the gaps there because i don't know if you're referring to something specific but we'll get there okay so um american car makers though were more accommodating than these european ones and seem to have gotten wind of this their answer was to add groove depressions to the glove compartment door you remember this this is the stupidest yeah it's like on an airplane airplane tray table where you're supposed to set your drink there which i've seen that in even like 80s cars and 90s cars that can't possibly work for anybody. It would, it would make it so it wouldn't slide, but the first bump you go over, it's in your lap. Right. So that doesn't work well, but that's the first kind of couple. But back in the day, imagine being in like some sort of Cadillac with just some super glide trans, or transmission and you know super soft suspension. Maybe it worked out. Do you know what that Cadillac had? The what? best beverage security system of the era, the 1957 Cadillac Eldorado. Right. Plenty of ultra-luxurious limousines had built-in bars that we've seen, right? But the Eldorado was the first to come out with a magnetized glove compartment door and a set of four metal tumblers with Cadillac on it. Metal? So that so you could, they would magnetize onto the back of the glove box door. Wow. So you could, quote, keep your cognac stable while you're on the way to the Hamptons. Oh, my God. This is like... <laughs> how right. cool and classy would that be? Well, how cool and classy would it be to be rolled over on the side of the road drunk on cognac <laughs> in your Eldorado? <laughs> but your cup would stay magnetized. Your, your cup would still be sitting there. <laughs> Empty, but still yeah, there. That's true. So surprisingly, that's as far as things went for the next couple decades, actually. I, I couldn't believe this. When do you think the first modern real cup holder, as you and I would recognize it, was offered in a car. 
Uh, probably, I'm going to say early 80s. 1983. Okay. Yeah, because it's like the 80s is where things, the interiors started to like really start jumping. Like interiors became like, maybe it's because they couldn't offer any performance. So they started, started doing stuff with interiors to, you know, attract people. Right. So any guess on what car? Oh, man. I'm going to say the first actual cup holder. I I have no idea. I really don't. I really have no. Not clue. only was well, this a LeBaron, a Chrysler LeBaron. No, not only was this the first car with a cup holder, it was the first car of its entire genre. Okay, well, the then Chrysler I, minivan. I was close. I was I was thinking Chrysler, but all the right. Dodge Caravan and Plymouth Voyager, which are the same car. Um, not only you like will not believe me, but that? I thought minivan in my head, but I didn't think they made Always one. Always go with your gut. I didn't think they made one in 83, so I changed my mind. That's that why I was like, ah. The first minivan. So they basically created a whole new category in the market, and they rolled off the assembly line with two, quote, serious cup holders sunk into the plastic of the dashboard. Nice. So minivans would eventually become, as we know, the living room, dining room, and study hall all in one, and the cup holder became a necessity more than a convenience over the years. In the next few years, more and more cars started including these cup holders in their interior design. But again, it wouldn't take another decade, at least, for them to become actually ubiquitous in cars. Right. So in the 80s, it was still kind of novelty. Then in 1989, well, actually, this, this goes on to point, prove how, like, I'll just read it. In 1989, U.S. News & World Report was still calling, quote, crannies for drinking cups an unnecessary future frill. Crannies? Yeah. That's what they said was crannies? That I guess they couldn't come up with the term cup holder? Crannies for... Okay. Crannies for drinking cups was a future frill in 1989. Okay. So it's still not... It didn't catch on right away, which I was surprised about. I guess. Until... I don't think people brought... There, nobody had water bottles. No one was... Because think about it. They didn't have like things with lids. Like They didn't have plastic 20 ounce bottles with things right so in 89 you had drive in mcdonald or drive through mcdonald's you I had suppose, drive through everything else i suppose it's not that different no i suppose you're right but in 1994 it was proven that the the coupled was a necessity okay how, how was this proven that was the year that stella liebeck a 79 year old woman sued mcdonald's oh yeah for yeah, damages yeah. after spilling 180 degree coffee on her lap in a stationary car and here's why it was such a, a huge uh payout is it because it destroyed her lady parts oh really it did i yeah. didn't write that down yeah i know it destroyed her lady parts it was a it was awful. Yeah. So she got third degree burns from the spill. That's all I wrote about it. Yeah. And she was actually awarded $2.7 million, yep. which was later reduced to 640000 on appeal. Right. That's, but that's still not, I don't you, know. You couldn't pay me that much money. To get rid of your junk? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> to, to severely burn it with coffee? No. Yeah. No. Probably not. No. Um, in addition to the case becoming like a joke for late night shows, and also it started a lot of national arguments about tort reform and what you should be able to sue about, uh, it was a strong argument for the auto industry to widely adopt the use of the cup holder. I wonder, do we know what she was driving? If she hadn't been sitting in her grandson's Ford Probe, like you had, a pink ah, one. Ford Probe. If it even had one single Maroon. cup holder, the whole ordeal might not have happened. Right. So that's the basic history of the cup holder. So here's the thing. Germans finally adopted the cup holder, yes, right? Yes, they did. But 
it's like a competition with the engineering of how the cup holder works in these cars. Like you push a button and it, like some cars that like pops out and like flips over and it's like <laughs> 180 degrees. I know. Uh, and Alex's Z3M coupe, there's like a thing by the shifter where you push and it rotates and then you can put the cup in it. It's like and a like, show how they engineer it. I know. It. And they're like, they have like these hydraulic. It's not hydraulic. It's probably like some sort of grease in there that slows down the actuation yep. of the springs. Yeah, so it's you push like it, it comes open. out and goes, and it's and it's like they're competing with each other to make the cup holder that's going to break the fir- <laughs> first. And you know what the worst idea was? And then what? Volkswagen did this, and Audi did this. Right above they, the stereo, they put them above the stereo and all the climate control <laughs> buttons and everything else, yes. so they would condensate and drip. Right. And, or spill all over the buttons, and every one of these cars, the buttons are sticky and they don't work. Exactly. Because like, they just got destroyed by the stupid cup holder. So I was going to say, we know the history of the cup holder, but where are things going today? Okay. So is, there, is, there, is there a cup holder uh, ingenuity the going on? future of the cup holder. Okay. So today, you know what the future of the cup holder is? Is having a camelback built into your seat where you, <laughs> you just you pull up to McDonald's and they take a valve and just like plug it onto your seat and you yes. just like drink out it's of it. It's like a pit stop. Yeah. Where you have the quick chi- or quick fuel up. You've got an entire seat full of Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And you idea just got a, a little straw. Like <laughs> so. Today, contemporary vehicles, as we know, have a laughable amount of cup holders. Here's another guessing game for you. What car is the most cup holders, and how many is that? Uh, I'm going to go with, it's got to be some like SUV, like an Escalade or a conversion van. Okay. And the number? Eight. Okay. Well, I'll wait, a, wait a second. Let me think about I got to count in my head. Okay. So let's say you have third row seating. Yep. So that's one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm going to say 12. 12? 12 is my number. So Based on a car with third row seating. Well, you're you're close, kind of, because the first part is a trick question. It's a brand new SUV, a giant SUV with a third row seat from Subaru. I didn't know they were making this. They're making a big SUV now called the Ascent. So the 2019 Ascent. That's really going to piss off the tree huggers. What kind of fuel economy is that thing I can't imagine it's great. Are they going to do a commercial with everybody like, like 27 hippies like <laughs> flying out of this third row seating Subaru SUV and like hugging a tree like they did in that one. Yeah, I know. I can't believe they had that commercial. Okay. So <laughs> anyways, this, uh, this Subaru, it's, it seats eight people. Okay. Which is a lot of people. And how many drinks are they able to have at any given time? They're able to have 2.4 each. Are you kidding me? 19 cup holders in a vehicle that seats eight. Wow. That's incredible. That is incredible. How many USB ports? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Probably less USB ports. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no mystery why cars have so many. In 2007, there was a study done by PricewaterhouseCoopers that reported the number of cup holders in a car was a more important factor for consumers purchasing a car than most other factors, including fuel efficiency. I've never thought about cup holders when buying a car. However, the Golf sucks at cup holders because <laughs> it's got like two behind uh, right next to the emergency brake. Okay. But there's also an armrest that slides forward and it covers up half of one of the cup holders. So if you have something in that cup holder, and you can't you slide to, the... Well, you, even better if you don't notice it and you just shove it forward or whatever and then there goes your drink. Basically, you fight over the forward cup holder position with your passenger because sure. that's the only one that you can actually use. So basically, my Golf has one cup holder. So it. being a German car, it doesn't have the cool flippity Audi transformer they, uh, cup holder? I think holder. they figured out that was a bad idea. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't seen that in a lot of the new cars. That was like mid-2000s yeah. where everything was like doing acrobatics in order to hold your drink. I wonder what the most... It had to be a BMW. I'm thinking the most there's complex. There's one. There's, it's, it's an Audi. 
It's are you talking about the vertical one? It's yes, where yeah. you push it, it slides out, and then it flips down. Yes, there's also one that's flat where you push it, it comes out, and it spins 180 degrees. That might be a sob. Sob had a really crazy one. Yeah, too. maybe. But anyways, you're gonna love this quote by an automotive journalist. I didn't attribute it because it was like an article attributing to another article attributing it to okay. another article. So I don't have the original source. Quote: Cup holders complete an interior. Sometimes taking the whole car along for the ride. Yeah, I suppose. Right. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing is that the cup holder is something that you're touching a lot. So you're touching it a lot, just like the radios and the buttons and everything else. Right. So it's less about the utility and more about having it and it's and how it presents itself in the vehicle. You still you can't just have a cup holder, although I do now. I think they're over it. I think the manufacturers are over it because well, my cup now it, it's just like a hole <laughs> in the in the dash or a hole in the yeah it's just like I mean things kind of have a, a rubber band effect to them so we were like cup holders okay we realized they're really cool we're gonna have fifty seven cup holders and everything right and they're gonna have these weird transformer type brackets that come out and now we've kind of scaled back and said okay that was too far right now we're gonna go back to where it makes sense you know what drives me crazy about cup holders now is that they don't fit a Red Bull can. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, but you <laughs> mentioned it like a page and a half too soon. Okay. So we're talking about how a couple aren't that much, and I was saying they're, quote, just along for the ride. Yes. Said ride is getting longer and longer. So today, the average American spends 50 minutes commuting every day. Okay. How Definitely does, not Chris. That's me. Well, no, I don't spend that. I put a lot of miles on the car. You we do. put In the year and several months that we've had the wagon, it's got over 40,000 miles on it. That is a lot. I'm just thinking you're not stuck in rush hour every day like I am. No. I'm jealous of that. No, I'm not. So eating in cars has become so common that some minivans, of course, even come equipped with built-in vacuums to clean up I've the crumbs. I've seen that. Well, that's a minivan. That's like Chrysler. Chrysler's it minivan Chrysler's has a vacuum. Thing. But it goes to show that this is now normal. You like, don't have this kids, is though. You don't understand. No, I know. The crumbs I'm sure and the that pretzels. Is. When I the, saw that, that, like, that is kind of a cool the idea. The Chex Mix and everything else that's all over the floor <laughs> all the time. It's like it a built-in nice shop vac. It's dragging the shop vac out, getting the yep. extension cord. It's it, Having a little vacuum would actually be pretty sweet. Yeah, I could see. I, you had a Rutan for a while, I didn't did. You? I had a Volkswagen Rutan. Didn't back when the, the vacuum? No. They won't let... There's things that when Volkswagen what would it be syndicated that car yeah well, i don't know what the correct word badge would be engineered the badge engineered that car that they wouldn't give them the seats that fold down into the floor oh there's certain things that they wouldn't sure. let volkswagen do but honestly that van was nice when the kids were little yeah but as soon as they could get into their car themselves there's no need. there's no need whatsoever interesting i'll keep it's, that in mind <laughs> yeah you don't yeah you don't need one so uh fast food companies have even now invested thousands maybe even millions in testing their food items for spillability and leakage for driving what they're calling one-handed convenience <laughs> so taco bell i remember was a big thing about this yeah. whereas like the crunch wrap is supposed to be for driving like one-handed convenience is really important to me too <laughs> for different reasons that's called real multitasking there right. i hear if you sit on your hand it falls asleep. right or if you're eating your taco for an hour and a half so is this, that what you call it yeah <laughs> you need to work on your game dude for an hour and a half phrasing okay um, oh man we need to teach you some tips okay get that, get that time down thanks so that's called endurance um <laughs> Anyways, all of this, we'll move on, must have seemed like madness to the Europeans. Quote, for years, Mercedes was convinced we should teach Americans to drink their coffee at home, said the CEO of Daimler AG, Dieter Zeisch. Sure. 
He told the Wall Street Journal, obviously, that didn't work so well. No. To compete, European and Japanese car makers studied the size and shape of U.S. beverages, even going as far as to shipping empty, empty cups and containers back to headquarters or 3D printing models of big gulp cups. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> That's R&D at work. So it's actually a complicated design problem when you think about it. Like you said, you have all these different drink sizes. You have your really thin can of Red Bull. You have your gas station Big Gulp, the 96 ounce that we were talking about. Yep. And It drives me crazy that when the Red Bull can is empty, yep. when it's full, it's fine because it just sits in there and it leans on one. Because I have these little spring-loaded things in the cup holder, right, where right. it kind of grabs. Yep. But the Red Bull can is still too small. And when it's empty, it just goes ding, ding. And it rattles in there. I don't like rattles in the car. Yeah, I don't don't. either. That means your exhaust isn't loud enough. Yeah, something. (laughs) So, not okay. So, Red Bull, the big one, as well as weird shapes like your kids' juice boxes, squares. How is that going to fit in there? So, designers really have to think about all this and apparently 3D print big gulp glasses across from the U.S. To be fair, my Recaro baby seat booster seat has two cup holders. See, that's that's innovation there. Yeah, one kid, two cup holders. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. So, in addition to having to fit everything, they also, they being cup holders, have to compete for space, as you mentioned, with climate controls, GPS, radio, actual driving controls. We're still driving, actually. It turns out, right, and everything else. So, the design challenge is so great that some designers claim the cup holders are the first things to be situated when designing a new interior car. Or new interior of a car. Well, that's wrong. They literally are like, think of your chassis. They bring it over to the interior designers and say, okay, cup holder go to work. Here. The first thing they put in are cup holders. I, well, Americans love cup holders, I guess. It shows we're obese. Well, you speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we as Americans. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, Anyways. I don't know. Is it really that I what I want what I want placed in the car first mm-hmm. is that stupid screen that is in all the cars now. What? My rental car when I was in Los Angeles was a brand new Audi A4. I saw this. And it had a a giant fucking screen, an 8-inch screen above the radio where the radio would be. Yep. And then I the had a center stack. But it just sits there and it's huge and it doesn't go away. And it just takes up so much visual real estate that it ruins the interior of the car. And then I had like a zillion inch uh LCD whatever display for a tachometer and speedometer and stuff like that. In the binnacle. In the, in the binnacle, that's right. I just, why do we need so many screens? I don't know. I agree. I don't like touchscreen anything. Let's, let's, let's design that first. Let's design, let's design away screens. Or do it like Tesla did and have only a screen. Right. Just, it's, I don't it's, like that either, but I I don't agree. either, but I like it better than a zillion buttons plus a screen. And then because I'm so trained into being into touchscreens, I'm like poking the fucking thing. <laughs> and it doesn't work because it has like a knob down here. I know. I think the whole design in interior of a car and the way things are put together, I don't think they know what to do yet. I think there's... I was going to say... The, we're the at- needs of the consumer are really high, and they don't know how to put all these needs together in a layout that works and makes sense as an intuitive. Well, think how new, relatively speaking, all this technology is and all these needs we have are. Yeah, it's all in the last 10 years or less. Right. We're going to have to figure it out, or they are. It's not my problem. Right. But it will get figured out, I think, at least get better. So speaking of Tesla, it's interesting that even Elon Musk failed to grasp the importance of a cup holder. Tesla was faced with intense criticism 
because its original design for the Model S had no rear cup holders. Oh, no. I know. They responded rapidly with updates, and in the Model X, the cup holder is now a centerpiece of the artful, curved, and customizable for any drink size rear console. I can't imagine someone being like, I really like this car, but the cup holder. I know. I just, I can't. It doesn't compute in my mind. If anybody out there knows somebody that has done this, I'd like to ask them a question. I mean, to be fair, we are complaining about cup holders. Yeah, but it's it's never something that I've ever been like, I don't like this car. I will not own this car because of the cup holder. That is dumb. I know. I agree. Um, So looking even further forward, if driverless cars become a reality, they might afford very different interiors. Some have imagined the future of autonomous vehicles. Um, we've talked about this as kind of like the entertainment pods right. and everything else. Maybe they should have toaster ovens where we can make Pop-Tarts. There you go. You know, but they've talked to where you've seen the concepts where it's basically like a lounge type yeah. interior. So they're basically Ford envisions a more active future for the cup holder. The company filed a patent for a gyroscopic cup holder that aims to keep the drink upright, even where the vehicle changes terrain, driving and everything else. Which Why basically, would, come on. I know. Well, here's my question. You know the little like boat cup holder that you can buy, that where it just sit, swings, swings back and forth. Yeah. If that's your major concern, just do that. Well, unless you hit a bump and then it starts swinging out of control. <laughs> yeah, and then you're spilling something all over your car that is owned by someone else that's driving you around. Yeah. Well, here's a, a little more. Uh, so we'll call that maybe an optimistic view, where they're like, "Ooh, future technology, cup holders, everything else." Here's the more pessimistic view of the future in cup holders. Okay. Some automatic. My view. This yes. Is, yes. I'm- well, listen to this. Some auto manufacturers preparing for the convergence of two other important trends: ride sharing. And, well, and they said driverless cars have a decidedly less rosy view. In 2017, the Investors Business Daily reported that manufacturers are reconsidering automotive design in t- interior completely for services like Uber and Lyft. Among other things, their interiors will be, quote, smell and puke proof <laughs> without cup holders. Yeah. So they don't spill. The puke proof, I guess, that makes sense if you've got an Uber and you're picking people up at bar clothes. I'm sure it happens a lot. I'm sure it does. I, I don't doubt that at all. That's sad. That's a far cry from Gatsby's romantic Rolls Royce or the Cadillac with the like yeah, magnetic with, with cup the holders. Hat and the and the tools and the I know. flower and the and just the you know what it is, you know why this is, is because back in the day with like a Rolls Royce or a Cadillac, you only had top tier society, which is cultured, educated has good manners. I'm not saying they're good people. I'm just explaining why. Now you have all types of people are able to just call up somebody else and have them driving around in a car that's not theirs that if they puke in it, who gives a shit? It's just a huge contrast of... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably what it is. So that is... I should have ended this on a more positive note. Than puke? Than puke. <laughs> that's how I ended it. <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to head out to Road America. I'm going tomorrow. Jake's going Friday. Yep. And we hope we uh, we hope we get a hold of some cool stuff for you guys to talk to you about. So stay tuned. I'm actually locked out of the Overcrest Instagram right now. I'll try and get that back together. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be posting stuff from the event on my own personal page. And I'm sure Jake will, too. So stay tuned for that. Uh, look for that. And we will be back on Monday. Take care. We'll be